Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Inside the Media Minds. I'm your host, Christine Blake. And today I am here with James Coker, a tech reporter with Info Security Magazine. Thanks for joining us, James. Good to see you. Hi, Christine. Really good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Looking yeah, of course. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you today. So can we start out with just a quick overview of your background, um, how you got your start in journalism and how it led you to where you are today? Sure, yeah. I, I suppose in many ways I've probably had a little bit of an unusual um, pathway to, to journalism. So, <laughs> um, after uni, after I did university, I, I had a job in accounts actually, so that was kind of a million miles away from from the media journalism but yeah it wasn't really my passion so I've always enjoyed writing always enjoyed investigating things uh, finding out information so I did a part-time master's in journalism whilst I was working there which was which was quite challenging but it was ultimately very rewarding uh, so I graduated in 2014 and I was kind of looking for any sort of start in the, in the media industry so I initially took a job for a medical publication and to start with, that was mainly proofreading, commissioning authors, a little bit of writing. But um, I, I then sort of moved on from that to, at the same company to do more reporting role on, on mainly going around medical congresses around Europe, um, reporting on the sessions, interviewing thought leaders. So, yeah, it was much more what, what I wanted to do. And from there, I, I moved on to a, a pharmaceutical magazine. Oh, sorry, a magazine about the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so that's yeah, that was another interesting area of healthcare. And then last year, I then uh, joined Read Exhibitions and started on two publications. One was Essential Retail, and the other one was Info Security Magazine. And that subsequently turned into a full-time role with with Info Security. Um, so yeah, I've worked across a few different industries so far and that, that's that's been really inter interesting in my career so far learning about different sectors um it sounds a bit cliched but i, I guess no days ever the same really no stories ever the same so so that's what that's what keeps me engaged i think that's cool so i guess if you're you're newer to the tech space um i guess what got you interested in, in tech and covering that sort of a industry um i think from doing it from healthcare, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any sort of background in healthcare at mm -hmm. all. So that, that was, it was, but it was good to just completely learn about a new industry. I think one aspect of that I enjoyed was, was how technology was able to be used in healthcare to, to kind of have um, really innovative treatments and ways of diagnosing. So that, that, that sort of really interested me. And another aspect of healthcare was, especially related to the pharmaceutical industry, was about cybersecurity as well. And that's obviously been a big issue with the, with the vaccine development mm -hmm. um, related to COVID. So yeah, the, the, the tech side really, really fascinated me with that. And then obviously having the opportunity to work in the cybersecurity industry, which covers a lot of different a lot of different topics um, and it's, it's so fast moving and, and there's so many different technologies out there that look like they're going to transform transform sort of everyday life in, uh, in many respects so artificial intelligence quantum computing are kind of the main main ones at the moment um, 
so yeah yeah it's just it's just a very i suppose tech in general it's just it's just always changing there's, there's always so many possibilities with it so, so it's a really exciting area to cover yeah no absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head with that one um so tell so for our listeners tell us um what type of stories you particularly cover how do you approach your beat info info security um you know what are the types of stories you've been covering recently um i think there's there's a few types of stories i'd say we cover that obviously have a big relevance to the industry um in the short short and long term so some some will be major cyber incidents that have happened for example i suppose a big example of that would be the the solar winds incident mm-hmm. towards the end of last year uh, and then obviously following on from that there's there's invest all kinds of investigations into the attack and, and what lessons we can learn from it and that's obviously a big help to our to our audience of um who, who are primarily within the in the cyber cyber security industry um we're also so very interested in studies that, that are displaying kind of latest attack trends that, that are going on um indicating where where organizations need to improve their security and then as i kind of touched on the last answer sort of how emergent technologies are also changing the landscape both from a from an attack and defensive point of view so so those technologies like artificial intelligence so yeah i'd say those those were sort of the biggest areas that Mm -hmm. that that we would be looking out for yeah absolutely so I'm sure you brought up solar winds, of course. <laughs> uh, I think that's what everyone's been talking about recently, that COVID and other things. I'm sure you've received a number of uh, media pitches uh, from, any, from, from vendors, from PR agencies, um, trying to get in these stories, right? Talking, like presenting their thought leaders, presenting their experts on these topics like COVID, working from home, you know, remote workforce, um, solar winds, et cetera. So yeah. how do you determine like what, what kind of a pitch catches your eye and how do you determine who you're going to go with for a resource? Or, you know, if you get a, a pitch from, from somebody, what makes it stand out from your perspective? Um, I, th- I think saying something new is, is, is always a, a big starting point from us. Like we don't, we wouldn't be as interested in studies that are saying something that's obvious or has or been kind of said many times. I suppose some, like the, 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 change to remote working has has brought up so many things and um obviously so many studies have been important for that but you do sometimes tend to get things that seem very samey towards it like mm. things that that have been have been expressed a number of times so that's that's one aspect um in terms of i, I suppose in, if, if it's about a, a particular instant like you mentioned so the winds for example if, if it's particularly has a particular relevance to the industry over the long term and and, and there's so many other angles to follow up on it that then the size of the incident will sort of impact that as well um uh, yeah and i suppose one other thing to mention is that um the kind of pitches we want wouldn't necessarily be too too sousy if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like something that's not just just there to kind of promote a particular product and obviously that, that it can it, it can be relevant to mention products but it wouldn't want to be in the context of of a particular issue or, or story yeah no we hear that a lot from most of our guests um, probably almost 100 percent of our guests that um <laughs> you know we don't want to cover product i mean we've, we've seen product news certainly decline over the years and it's all about making your um your story relevant for the audience, but also bringing a different angle to it. Like, you know, everyone, everyone's seeing what's happening. Right. And so how, 
what's another way to look at it? What's another way to think about it or solve the problem? So I think that's Absolutely, definitely important. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because cybersecurity is such a crowded space. There's so many different, um, so many different companies trying to solve these problems. How would you think that um, companies should differentiate themselves in such a crowded space? I mean, you're talking to these companies often, you're covering the issues in this space a lot. How would you think they should differentiate themselves? Um, if I could tackle this in two parts, if I may, I think. Yeah. First, first part, I suppose, would be in relation to kind of those new kids on the block, the, the sort of cyber startups, and often they have the most innovative, innovative ideas. Um, so it's important for, for them to get a foothold and, and get going in the industry. But often it's very hard for them to secure initial funding from investors. So I think some of the skills, some of the ways they sh they need to stand out from speaking speaking to experts in this matter is to kind of have those entrepreneurial skills in terms of marketing and, and being able to engage in commercial discussions well as well as having a having a great product um, to stand out i think for cyber security vendors in general i think it's aside from the, the the products and services they're offering it's so important to have a really good communication with the companies they're working with um, i think only this week actually there was a study that came out that said there was a there was a number of um firms were, were kind of uh, i don't know dissatisfied is the right word but they, they found found it hard to kind of implement the, the advice they were getting from cybersecurity vendors they were working with to, to kind of implement towards their own business and also engage their own employees in in having more better cybersecurity behaviors so i suppose probably leading on from that that's another aspect as well is is especially where the move to home working. I, th I think mm -hmm. a big aspect for cyber cyber security vendors is is to make sure that they're that that what they're offering is also relevant to to regular workforce, not just security teams. So it's it's something that's easy for them to understand and be able to implement better behaviours from that point of view to help help make the the organisation more secure. So yeah, I think that's that one's probably been a trend from the from the last year in particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. So, um, I think the working from home aspect has been definitely, you know, very uh, predominant this past year. Mm -hmm. Do you see? I, I mean, it depends also on like different companies' approaches, but I think that. Uh, there's going to be a hybrid mix. Like not every company is going to be going back to an office. Some, some may, some may not. Um, it depends on the industry. But I would say, you know, obviously that has a huge impact on, on cybersecurity. What do you think, you know, is to come, and it's hard to, it's hard to say, right, prediction-wise, but what do you think is to come in 2021 in terms of the work-from-home um, workforce, other attacks in the supply chain? Um, I know the political landscape has been has been a little bit wild to say the least. So, what do you suspect will be some of the biggest uh, topics coming up this year, as it relates to some of the topics that we've already seen? Yeah, I I, I completely agree that there'll be. Uh, I think from the COVID point of view and home working, that that's going to definitely be carrying on. And I think one big hope from the whole experience is that um, organisations will be taking cybersecurity far more seriously going forward. I think. There is think attacks such as so the winds and many others as well have sort of emphasized how how much more vulnerable they are um, from, from sort of increased digitalization increased um, uh, increased vulnerability to attacks so 
yeah, I think that's a big hope in the industry that they'll they'll start implementing those, that advice that, that cyber cyber experts have been been outlining for for a very long time. So that might be implementing zero trust architecture. Um, I think it's the same with individuals as well. I think with so many people have been been sort of been forced to use the internet and and digital services. Uh, many many of them for the first time. I think this expanded the attack landscape unfortunately for, for cyber criminals but an upshot of that is i think there is i think gradually people will become more attuned to to better cyber security behaviors such as having stronger passwords things that's things as basic as that and, and two-factor authentication mm-hmm. um i think other trends as, as you touched on is like changes in the political landscape so the so the election of joe biden is the obvious one with that I think from a cybersecurity point of view, he's he's already emphasised that um, his administration is going to be taking the issue of cybersecurity far more in, far more seriously than perhaps the uh, the previous one did, um, and that that includes having the capability to strike back against adversaries that are, uh, um, that have launched attacks. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of a big issue that one it, mm-hmm. in some ways it's terrifying in some ways it's very interesting and i'm actually right i've actually written an article about that in the next issue of the info security print magazine which comes out every quarter so yeah that, that was really interesting to work on um i suppose another political change from from the european perspective has been uh, the, the brexit issue mm-hmm. um and obviously the the trade agreements now being agreed between the eu and the uk but there's still a lot of things that need to be worked out particularly from a data protection standpoint so um and issues such as data transfers which which obviously have a a big impact on on businesses in europe um so yeah there's there's still a lot to be seen how that's going to pan out over over the coming years so Mm -hmm. yeah i think they're some of the themes that that i think will be very prevalent this year yeah and these are ones that you're probably following pretty closely as well yeah absolutely yeah yeah um, yeah, never a dull moment, right? <laughs> so no, that's right. One of my favorite questions too, I always love to ask is what is one of the most memorable stories or topics that you've covered that, you know, you found either personally interested in or just really stood out from the rest? I think for me, it's the going, I suppose going back to the US elections actually, mm-hmm. but the, the aspect of how social media played such a big role in that election and in particular how, the issue of misinformation came 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 very much to the fore in in that respect, and then the obvious example of that is going to be how um, <laughs> former President Trump's mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, social media accounts got censored. Um, so I think that just raises so many issues about about the issue of misinformation, how that should be dealt with, and also the 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 growing role of big tech in in um, people's lives as well, and like at, at what how much should they be able to Sensor, sensor viewpoints, that, that kind of thing. There's so many, so many ramifications. I think I'm just going to rumble on and on. So I think as a general topic, that that's kind of been something that's that's really interested me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. You look at it. Um, I feel like we've had almost like five years of security news um, condensed <laughs> into like the past couple of months. It's like every day it seemed like there was something new, whether it was the social media, the social media stuff, the misinformation, solar winds, et cetera, supply chain. It's just been been a lot condensed into a short period of time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
for me, it's personally, it's been because I actually joined the info security team in March, so just before the lockdown started. So it, it, I was pretty much thrown straight into into this into this uh, lion's den, if you will. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been it's obviously it's been frustrating not to be able to go out to events and not have that face to face interaction. But it has been fat. It, it, it's been obviously a lot of bad aspects to it but it has also been a very interesting time from a from a security perspective yeah and i'm glad you raised the piece about virtual events it's something i like to bring up as well um i know that um i've I've definitely met up with some of the people from info security magazine in the past at events um you know rsas have passed black hats etc and we've never Um, had we haven't had that this year so uh, what is info security magazine doing um along those lines in terms of attending virtual events, hosting virtual events, anything to share there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, um, in fact, uh, next month we're holding um, our spring online summit. So that's going to be two days basically of editorial led webinars. They're going to be discussing a whole range of topics in the information security industry and obviously going to be panelists expert panelists on all of those so the first day is going to be um focused at emea region and then the Mm -hmm. second day will be sort of the us region so that's something at the moment we or in the last year or so we've been holding every six months um and so yeah that's 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 a that's a big aspect and in terms of webinars in general we've been holding sort of one or two a week near enough for for the last year or so um and that's something that i've obviously become sort of increasingly involved in moderating those sessions and that's something i've really enjoyed doing um in terms of covering sessions as as you mentioned our rsac is is something that um is is a big event for us to cover and there's been uh, and that's been one really encouraging aspect from the, the pandemic is how how the all these events that would normally be attended face to face have kind of been have been able to go into the virtual sphere um and yes yeah, it's, it's been great great for us in terms of content obviously it's not as as mentioned it's, it's not quite the same as as being able to hold those face to face interactions mm. but it's still it's still really really good to be able to um uh, go along to those and and, and learn learn new insights learn learn the views of of security experts and and there's been so many of these events over the past year and will continue to be so i think for the next few months and i think probably the whole area of webinars is going to grow in in general even when things do do get back to normal Mm -hmm. it almost makes it more accessible especially for someone like yourself not having to travel internationally at least to the us and um i think the the challenge will be how companies and uh different um, vendors and different publications can differentiate themselves for these events because, you know, we have the screen fatigue, the Zoom fatigue, and it's like, all right, the end of your workday, you want to log on to a a virtual (laughs) webinar, right? And it's like, you know, how can companies be making these sort of things interactive and, uh, you know, intriguing for the attendees to come to? So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I think that is probably the next step of them is is how to be able enable sort of more networking on on these sites rather than just just sort of sessions which which are great but yeah i i completely agree i think that social aspect of it is is something that'll be interesting to see how that gets built into the these events 
Yeah, absolutely. And then another question is, I'm sure you have a, a, a multitude of resources that you've gone to over your past uh, year or so, but what do you look for um, from resources? Like with, when receiving a pitch or talking to new sources, what, do you, what are you looking for um, in terms of building that relationship with them and knowing that you can keep going back to them if you have questions? Um, I, I think in terms of kind of in sources from e e comments from experts, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really good to get fast comments because some, sometimes you'll be covering a news story and, and you'll want a, an extra comment from, from an expert about perhaps the implications of that story, um, how, it, how it might affect in the future. So yeah, if I'm interacting with, with someone about getting those comments, it's really good to, to be able to rely on someone to get those in very quickly. Um, and it's the same with if we're covering feature articles as well. It's sort of something if, if we can get those comments within, within a few days or set up a call sort of very quickly, that's, that's, that's a big aspect. Um, I think as I said before, like those, those comments, commentary that's, that's like very impartial. It's, you can tell it's not, it's not sort of overly product led or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's something that's, um, Sort of very focused focused on on the issue at hand um i suppose other resources uh, if you in terms of press releases and reports it's it's kind of having those big headline stats that that, that sort of stand out and and you think oh that's that's something a bit different we haven't seen before um so yeah yeah i, I suppose they those are probably the the biggest things we'd be looking out for from resources mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then any advice for a, um, a PR person that's reaching out to you that wants to develop that, that um, relationship, that resource relationship um, to continue working with you? Any advice for someone in that position? Maybe one thing, and something I, I need to get better at actually is, is probably, certainly whilst we're in, in lockdown, it'd be, it'd be good maybe to have like a bit of a virtual meeting with, with a, a new PR person that, that I'm in contact with, just, just to kind of get to know them a bit better yeah. and also um sort of so they can get a better idea of, of what i'm looking for and, and they can mention who and um, what, what they're able to offer as well but I, as i say that that's 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 down to me as well um to kind of make sure we we, we set up those meetings so i think that's that's one aspect mm -hmm. um yeah I, I i think another one i i quite like is if sometimes you get so many sort of emails come through and it's it's impossible sometimes you do just miss emails unfortunately and it's, it sounds bad but yeah that you, you won't always get back to people the first time so i think i quite like it when when you get a little bit of a nudge that mm -hmm. some some pr people do that, that they'll say oh just checking in if, if there's anything we can um, we can help you with this mm -hmm. week that, that kind of thing i think that helps it sort of keep keeps keeps them front of mind from from my perspective um yeah so i think that's that's probably two biggest aspects for me excellent well you're very kind <laughs> to uh, <laughs> request follow-up um and then <laughs> another question uh, i think our last one actually um outside of your reporting and, and your writing what else um are you interested in i see this guitar hanging in your background <laughs> what else are you into outside of uh, the work life I feel like the guitar is almost a bit misleading, really. Okay. So I used to play. I used to play quite a bit when I was uh, sort of 
many moons ago when I was when I was around 18, 19 and uh, still pick it up occasionally. But yeah, very, very rusty with it. But yeah, I, I, I do like my music. I sort of, I like rock and blues. Yeah, used to sort of be in a band, albeit we didn't really, didn't have a gig or anything. It was called <laughs> the, Gent the Gentleman's Club. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm sort of very interested in sport. I enjoy sort of watching football or soccer for, for mm -hmm. an American audience, um, cricket as well. So before pre-pandemic, I'd, I'd go to a lot of sporting events, mat matches with my, with my friends. And that's some, a massive thing that I miss really from, mm -hmm. from the whole COVID experience. So hopefully I'll be able to get back to that relatively soon um yeah i'm also a very keen runner so oh. uh, so that's something i have been able to to do at least during during lockdown but it'd be great to be able to get back to doing races as well so mm -hmm. yeah what's the so, longest distance that you've run in a race or in general oh, i think the longest one i've done is I, i've so far I've, I've sort of steered clear of the marathon I've, okay I've kind of um cowered out of that but I do want to do that one day. I think the furthest I've ran so far, I did a 15 mile race. Um, and there was a really cross country one. It was mm -hmm. really, really muddy sort of in January time. And I, yeah, it always sticks in my mind. It was so hard, but mm -hmm. yeah, that, that, was, that was the longest, longest one I've done. Well, if you could do that, I'm sure you could just tack on a few more miles and make it a marathon, right? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't feel like that at the time, but mm. yeah, I think I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need need to I need to get myself. I think London Marathon is the one I really want to do. Mm -hmm. So I just need cool. to get myself signed up. I've gone onto the ballot a few times, but mm -hmm. not not been successful. Yeah, but, I've yeah. done one and done, and that that was my experience. But oh, hopefully, wow. we can get back to you know sporting events and uh, you know races and all these and music events and all these things as soon as possible safely so i think we're all ready for that yeah definitely yeah yeah i think i think there'll be a big big release um mm -hmm. we're hoping by the summer maybe things like that will start up but who knows at the moment absolutely well this has been super helpful james it's been lovely talking to you anything else that you want to share at all um no, I, I suppose just just to kind of emphasise with we, Info Security, we, we've got our online summit next month. So please do sort of log on to our website and check out the sessions that we're we're going to be hosting. So I think there's there's going to be something there from everyone from the uh, cyber security, information security industry. So yeah, have have a check out and you can, and you can register for that for free. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose what watch this space in terms of terms of um physical events going coming back up and yeah I, I look forward to kind of finally being able to meet people from the industry uh in person i'm hoping over over the next six months or so yeah absolutely well great yeah we'll definitely check that out and we'll keep following your stories for some of these hot topics and uh yeah really appreciate all of your insight today thank you so much for joining me you're welcome thank you thank you for having me really enjoyed it all right, everybody, this has been Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and we'll catch you next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show, and you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.